Lennon Ablat Gemara. Today's daf is daf Pei Gimel Ahmed Aleph. And um, we're having a discussion about Dandreginus, if he's definitely a male or a suffix a male. And we had uh, a Biesi that says Dandreginus, you, um, you know, you're in the Tanakamba, that if you have relations, you a male has relations, it's Chayiv from Mishkazach as if he's a male. So we're up to here in the Gemara. And then regarding Rabbi we had two opinions of Rice and Mishnah. One said that he's definitely had the regions, one says that Suffolk. So we're up to the Gemara here about eight lines on the top of the page, ten lines on the top of the page. Amri Beirav. The last one line is Amri. Amri Beirav. The Yeshiva of Rav said. Now, the Gemara said, at the end of the first page, tells us all of these things when it says the Yeshiva, this and that, who the old man, who we're we talking about. Usually when it says Amri Beirav, it's Rav, it's Rav Hamnuna. But our Gemara here, where Rashi learns is going to inform us, the face of the Greece, that really Amri Beirav is Rav Huna. But when Rav Huna says Amri Beirav, then he's referring to Rav Hamnuna. Okay, <clears throat> so Rashi is later on. Amri Beirav, the Shiva Rav said, two things. That only if it's on the male, if he has relations with that dragons and the male uh, genitalia, then it's. Um, is high Mishkazacha, but on the female, because remember, Dragos has both uh, both uh, simonim, then you're not Chayiv, that's number one, and also in the laws of Harkova, which is grafting, as we'll see in a minute. Shmuel goes on, he has two more places, and the question is whether two more or two instead, as we will discuss. Bikushi, uh, if a woman gives birth with difficulty and she bleeds beforehand, we'll come to it and explain what's going on. And Kiddush, if you can go ahead and make climb on someone else's property. Let's go through all of them. And Hodam, we just said what the case of Andreas is. What's this case of Harkov? Now we learned. You know, the law is that 30 days before Shemitah already, we learned that the year of Shemitah doesn't begin Rosh Hashanah, it begins 30 days before. You have to be toisers, you have to add. And then it takes a, a short time for the roots you know, for it to take root. So there's a certain period that you have to plant before uh, Rosh Hashanah in order to say it wasn't planted in the year of Shemitah. So we have to include the 30 days, plus include whatever the days it takes to take root. So we have three opinions here. Ain't no a plan, ain't my you know, to go ahead and bend over a tree, you know, into the ground to grow. But ain't my keeping all graft, at a sheep. You're grafting and you're just like planting, at a sheep before Shemitah. When it says Lipnei Rosh Hashanah, it doesn't mean literally before Rosh Hashanah. It means 30 days before Rosh Hashanah. And you have to add another 30 days, because it takes 30 days for it to take root. The Imnata, the Hivrich, the Hirkiv, if you did it within 60 days, that means you planted a Shemitah Yakur. You have to completely uproot it. Abuda says, no, it doesn't take so long to, uproot, to, to take root. On the contrary, Kol Harkova, She'ena Keletas B'Shlishim, Tzachakul takes three days to take root. If it doesn't take root within three days, Shuvene Keletas, you're wasting your time. Just a seed sitting over there. And Abiyasi and Abshimin, I mean, Abiyasi and Abshimin say, Shtei Shabbosas, two weeks. That means you need 30 days and two weeks before Rosh Hashanah of the seventh year that you have to plant. And the Omar Amachan, Omar Abuan, the Mordechai explains what I just said. Dibri Ha'im is Shleishim, Tzorach Shleishim, Vishleishim. It doesn't mean 30 days, it means 30 plus 30. 30 day root, 30 because of Taisus. With the Sephis, the Dibri Ha'im is Shleishim, three days, Tzorach Shleishim, Shleishim, 33 days. And the Dibri Ha'im is Shleishim, two weeks, Tzorach Shleishim, Shleishim, two weeks and two weeks, two weeks in a month. And this is the, and Rav's, and Amri Bey Rav, but the halach here is like Rabbi Yesi. And the Allah is like Rabbi Yitzhi Bandragonis, not like Rav on top of the page that said we dismissed the Mishnah because of the Brisa. This Bay Rav disagrees with that and says, no, the Allah is like the Mishnah. Okay, those are the two cases Rav says. 
Shmulam Shmuel says the case of Kushi and the case of Kiddush, Halachi Rabbi Yasi. What's going on here? The case of Kushi, now we learn the din is that if a woman um, gives birth, after she gives birth, the first seven days, the blood that flows, she's tummy. And then for a boy, the next 33 days, any blood that she sees is called Damtar. We'll see in the Gmarnida whether it has to stop and then start again, or even if it continues to flow from day seven to day eight, is it considered tar? But regardless of that, but what happens if she saw three days? Remember, outside of the cycle, the 11 days between day number eight and day number 18. If she sees three consecutive days, she becomes a full zova, then she has to separate for seven days from her husband and have to wait for seven clean days. So if she saw three days prior to giving birth, and then she gave birth, she's called a Yoledis Bezoik. She gave birth but while she was a Zava. So if she continues to see blood, that blood does not become pure blood, even though during those 33 days, because she still is a Zava. And in order to clean out your Zava, you have to stop bleeding altogether. And she didn't. But what happens if she saw three consecutive days prior to giving birth, but it was with birth pangs? In other words, the blood was not part of her cycle. The blood definitely came as a result of the labor. Then we don't call it the Yuletis Bezoik. So the question is, um, uh, provided she had birth pains, if she had the birth pains and then it stopped bleeding and for, uh, for a couple of days and then she started seeing again, and definitely that's not birth pains because the baby didn't come out, then we'll say she's a zombie. So the question is, how many days before she gives birth do we, do we say, look, if she was bleeding and it was, uh, and it was birth and it was pain with it as well, it's considered um, not a Yuletis Bezoik, even if she saw for 10 days in a row. How many days? says, 40 or 50 days. That's far back. Uh, you know, you can have false contractions, but it could be the real contraction. It just takes a very long time. And That very month. In other words, if, if we don't look at days, we look at the month. The ninth month, as soon as the ninth month begins, if she sees then, it's the result of giving birth. If even though she gave birth the second day of the month and she started to see the eighth month, Two days before the Rishaydish, those days are not considered end with pain. They're not considered part of the of the Hindu um, birth. So she saw three days before and continued on the very first day of Rishaydish, she had a child. It's it's uh, it's considered the letters bizarre. I was three days of pain and and she had a child right afterwards in Rishaydish. Doesn't matter because the, that was the eighth month and the eighth month doesn't count. That's Rabbi Yehuda's view. Rabbi Yisrael Shimon says, the maximum time of contractions that we allow prior to the actual birth is two weeks. So there the halach of Yesi says Shmuel. Another way, and Kiddush, what story Kiddush? Now we learn. I go ahead, I, my vines, they crawl on, you know, on fences or anything else, so that I put them to crawl in the top of your wheat, which makes it Kalaya Kedemitic joint together, and then becomes Usr, because Usr, but it's your wheat and my vines, and I went ahead and did it. Do so I have to pay you damages? Did your wheat become Usr? How does that work? So says the Gemara, how is the Kiddush? Well, I definitely ruined your 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 week, even though you do, I did it, and I asked something doesn't belong to me, and I'm the, and it becomes usher plus I have to pay for damage and so on. Even though I didn't physically do damage, because I, I just caused it, because I didn't take the grapes, the grapes grew there, but because it was a direct cause, you're, so you're liable. So two things. First of all, you create an Easter, and second of all, you're liable. Comes along with Yosef Shimon and say, no. They say a famous rule, ain't Adam Oyser Dovish ain't I cannot forbid something which is not mine. I cannot come grow vines on top and then make your wheat usa. Now, very important taste is ass. So it means if I take, let's say, my milk and I put it into your meat, it's not hollow, it's not hollow because I cannot assa your thing. How does that work? So taste says the rule as follows. Any 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 avera, any isa 
which is just you have to do an activity and becomes usher, then of course I can usher your thing. If I threw treif into your pot, it ruins the food. But any iser which requires more than just activity requires also intention. For example, climb. If I, let's say, climb started to grow and I saw it and I said, oh, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm going towards that direction, I'm going to put a fence in between the two. Even though it grew a little bit by the, before I got there to put the fence up, I'm not liable because you need intent and you want that to grow there the way it is. So anything that requires intent, and I cannot ask something for you because you didn't have any intent. I did. So that's the rule, says Tesis. When we say, is only when it comes to intent. Like, I'm worshipping your animal. It's your animal. And it's to do with kavona. Bowing down alone is not the issue. It's what, what I was thinking when I was prostrating myself before your animal. So therefore, I cannot ask your thing. Anyway, so Rabbi says, you cannot ask the thing. There's no, no damages because no issue. And the halach is like a basis. So now the man wants to know. So we have two Rav Pascal, like two of the cases, and Shmuel Pascal, like two. What does Rav hold regarding the other two cases of Shmuel Pascal and Rabbi Does Rav agree? And what does Shmuel say about the two cases that Rav Pascal and Rabbi Yishi? Does he agree? So Shmuel What would Shmuel hold regarding Andreginus? Would he hold like Amri Beinav that rules like the Mishnah, or would he hold like the Brisa? Unless the Brisa comes, this we already learned before. Shmuel said to Rav Onan, ignore the Brisa because we have the mission. Let me ask the question: but Isn't doesn't Shmuel respect the opinion of a single, uh, a lone opinion? Yes, but that one undermines a mission. So Shmuel agrees to Rav that halacha will be easy Okay, what about Hakover Malia Mashul? But which will hold when it comes to the case of Hakover, which Rav said Halach was like Rabbi Yaisi, that two weeks and 30 days. Clearly, I don't hold like Rabbi Yaisi, I hold like Rabbi Yehuda, that is 30 days and three days for it to take root. Koishi Okay, what would Rav hold in the case of Koishi? Would he hold like Shmuel, like holds like Rabbi Yaisi, that we give you two weeks prior to giving birth? That um, contractions of pain is not considered as other, but rather as a result of the birth. Take, we're not sure. What about Kiddush, Marav? What would Rav hold regarding the case of Kiddush? Do we hold like Rabbi Yaisi, Let's see what Rav says. Rabbi said in the name of Rav that um, the halach is not like Rabbi Yaisi. Now, even though, um, uh, we say that. Uh, that the Beirab is Rav Hamnuna, uh, that's only when Rav Huna says Beirab, but otherwise Rav Huna is the Beirab. <clears throat> so therefore, we say clearly that the same Beirab, who, who said the name of Rav, those two laws, is Rav Huna, and Rav Huna says when it comes to the case of Kiddush, we do not pass him like Rabbi Yaisi. Take one further, Omar al-Abai said, why are you relying on Rav Huna? What he said in the name of Osusi, the why I just said that. Why are you relying on Amhuna, what he said in the name of Rav? But, but we had another person who said the name of Rav differently. Didn't Rav Abdus say, Amr Rav say, Allah is like Rabbi Yaisi? Amri, he said, Beira. Because who's the one who said that Rav said Allah is in two instances like Rabbi Yaisi? It was Beira. And Mane, who is Beira? But Amhuna. And Amhuna says, but in this case, ain't Allah. So we're going to have to trust him implicitly. Okay, then we continue. Sorry, can I just ask quickly, with, with sure. Shemitah, what, what is the law as to exactly, is it two weeks and how many days before Rosh Hashanah that you're not allowed to do anything two with weeks. the plant? Two weeks, It also depends if it's trees or if it's a tour, but it's two oh, right. We did that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So two bob is when they, start, they stop in the field, yeah. Trees are much earlier. Says the Gemara further, um, Rabbi Yehuda says in the Mishnah, that a tumtum, even after you remove his, his skin graft over there, and you realize that he's a male, he still can't get married because he's a sorry. Sounds from the Mishnah that he's definitely sterile and he cannot procreate. 
says the Gemara about me. My Avilei Rabbi Huda. What's Rabbi Huda going to say? But the fact that we know the tumtum, there was a tumtum the beauty in the city of Bini, the Oisevi Abek Kusaya, that he sat there and uh, he was sat down on this chair that is a special chair, design chair, to remove that skin. So it's like it's an operation. They remove the skin growth above over his genitals. But oily and 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 they saw he's a male. But oily and he gave birth to seven kids. Very similar story we had a few days ago. Someone else asked the question to Rav. And Rav Yudamale, Chazor Albanim Einheim. It's definitely not his kids. Find out who the real father is. <clears throat> no, he's so convinced of his opinion that it can't be any other way. <clears throat> Time to learn. Rav Yudamale, who is the son of Rav Yudamale. Doesn't seem to agree with his father. But he said, his father clearly said that Tumtum is definitely sterile, cannot get married, nothing. Comes along, Rabbi Yehuda, Tumtum, that a Tumtum should not give Chalitza, Kushemba, why not? Because we're worried, I maybe he's a male, Kushemba, you know, so maybe he's a male, let him give Chalitza and set her free. Kushemba, Yekarev, and Yimtusar, maybe he'll rip open, and maybe he'll become a sorry. No, that's not 100%. Not like my father says, def definitely he's a Saris. Maybe the Saris Chama. Maybe he's, um, what do you call it? He's a sterile. Says the Yomara, Otto, Tzadlach, Mehla, definitely is a male. The question is whether he's sterile or not. Otto, Kol, Hamikare, Zohar, I mean, every single Tumtum is a male. This is what he meant to say. Shema, Yikare, Nitzikare. First of all, 50% chance it's a female, not a male. And he, Nimtu Zohar, even if it's a male, Shema, Yomata, Saris Chama. Maybe it's sterile. So not definite, just a maybe. So my benai, what's the difference? You say it's definitely sterile or maybe sterile. The outcome is the same, isn't it? Oh, my brother, no, I'll tell you that the difference would be. The difference would be, lifsel, let's say there's a number of brothers besides this tumtum, and then this tumtum decides to give chalitza. So according to Rabbi Huda, so can the other brothers now go ahead and marry this woman or not? According to Rabbi Huda says that this person is, is totally sterile and he has no effect, no bearing at all. Then surely he didn't ruin her to regard other brothers. And what if other brothers want to marry her, they can't because nothing happened with the tumtum. However, according to Rabbi Yehuda, since it's possible that the tumtum is not sterile, sterile could be that his chalitza was a valid chalitza, and therefore the brothers, nobody can marry her. All that does is give her another chalitza, but nobody can marry anymore. Because once he received the chalitza from one brother, obviously it comes each us with everybody else. That's, that's one difference. Another difference is the lach let no other brothers except the tumtum. Kunt Yehuda, that's it. She's a free woman. Kunt Rabbi no, he still has to give chalitza because maybe he is not sterile. The son of Rabbi Yehuda, the son of Rabbi Yehuda, the brother of Rabbi Yehuda Bazavdi said, the name of Rabbi Yehuda Amarav, so Yomar is so pedantic, and not only do we want to know what Allah is, we want to know exactly who said it, and so he said, which Shmuel Rabbi Yehuda is, the brother of Rabbi said the name of Rabbi Yehuda, the name of Rab. And the Reginus Chayobin Alev, this is the issue we discussed before, we, we explained before the Tanakhama, and uh, and Rabbi and Rabbi Lezer, according to Tanakama, um, what do you call it? According to Tanakama, we said that um, that which uh, whichever you have a relationship with an dragon is male or female. It is uh, if a male has an, a, a relationship with an dragon, it's the male side or the female side. If you get skilled, and according to Rabbi Lezer, only the male, only the male side. Now we have a samurai. In both areas, you get you get curse. Mesa has a question. Rabbi Lazar, I mean, Andregin is Chayyav, no skill, because Rabbi Lazar said that Andregin is Chayyav, it's like if he had a relation with a male, that med Ramur, but Zachashloin, this price actually spells it out only on the male side. However, Zachashloin gives her potter, but Rabbi Lazar says in the female side, you potter. So the Gemara, so the Gemara could have answered very simply that, the, that Rabbi Yudam Rab follows the Tanakhaman Mishnah. 
But Talakama is not clear. So he says, in both places, even though Rabbi Lezen says Taki only Chayiv in the male region, I hold like Rabbi Samoy, I clearly spells it out that the Chayiv in both. And then we take Rabbi Samoy and we interpret the Tanakhama saying the same thing. Now, what's going on here? My time with Rabbi Samoy, why should you be Chayiv if you have relations by Andragonist with the female side of Andragonist? Omar was a actually explained to me, it is a positive says the following that a Zohar male you shouldn't have relations with, and says Mishkeve Isha, it says in plural, Mishkeve. And then it refers to Isha, a woman. So the Mishkave in plurals, you have to know why. And Isha, why do you have to know? To Avi, it's to Avi. So from, from in the form of the Gemara, we learned from here that a woman also, if you, let's say, have arroyus, incest with a woman, not the normal way, but through um, anally, you're also liable because it says Mishkave Isha. So that there's two kinds of Mishkavim by a woman. So we use that to teach you regarding a woman. Now we're going to use it to teach it regarding a Zohar male. It goes as follows. Bahamdur explained to me, he said the possibility that Zohar Sishkev Mishkeve Isha, Ezehu Zohar, Yedvish name Mishkeve, which males, we're going to say now that possibly actually referring to a the male, Mishkeve, which Zohar has two different ways of having relations with. How is Andregnes? And the possibility is coming to include Mishkeve. That Andregnes is both, whichever way you have relations with him, it is forbidden. But Abonon, Abonon, um, what did they say? What did they say? How do they they learn only one, only in the male side? What do Mishkavay? Which means the male, only if you're behaving with this Andregnus, like a Zohar to a Zohar. Only then are you liable, not in any other way. <clears throat> um, and this is how you read the Pasik. Only the Zohar side of a person that happens to have Mishkavay, a person that happens to have two different ways of having relations, but nevertheless, you're only reliable if you did it on the Zohar side. Rabbanam, Zohar Greide Menolus, Rabbanam, what do you call What about, that's always, according to them, your whole posse is talking about an Adragonist. What about a Zohar? How do you know that a Zohar, you don't have relations at all? Maybe only Adragonist a lot. And you're telling me the whole pasuk is talking about a dragoness. Says the Gemara, Zohar, how do they know a Zohar on its own? The Gemara says, it says, Me'es Isha. And because it says, Me'es Isha, sorry, because it says, Me'es, by saying Me'es means, and also something else besides the Zohar, besides the dragoness, is also a Zohar itself. Says the Gemara, it gives you a little funny. What about? Before we learn before we learn a, a woman is from says but now you tell me it's to do with Andragonus. How do you know by a woman if it's like the unnatural way as well? And it's incest that you're liable. Because it says because it says because it says Isha. by saying by saying the word it says it says the S Isha. When it nothing to do with this pasuk here, when it says the S isha, but when it comes to um, uh, and, and when it comes to Arayus, so we'll say the S isha comes tell you that also something secondary, the not the normal way, not the conventional way. You're also liable. When we say that Andragonist has the law of a male, not in every single respect, not in every way. What do you mean not in every way? The Gemara says. Even though in the mission, Rabbi Lazar says that he's a full-fledged male, well, not every respect is a full-fledged male. 
Shimatoyme can't give you and say that, then it's just like it by a person. We'll say that under a full-fledged male. So too, when it comes to kabbalas, you're going to say that as a full-fledged male. So if so, the mukdashin yikdash. If so, when you let's say want to set aside an animal to bring in a carbon, a certain animal that like an oil can only be a male, can only be a male. But um, when he says that is a male, it does not include carbons because otherwise, if he's not in every respect. Only when it comes to the laws of Mishka Zacha, because of, 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 when, it, and, sorry, when it comes to yeah, when it comes to Zacha, when it comes to the laws of Mishnah about getting married uh, or feeding his wife Truma. But when it comes, for example, to a carbon, you're not going to say, oh, it's an androgynous uh, carbon animal, and the Torah wants a male, good enough. Not so. Because the story is as follows. Uh, that doesn't become holy. That's not what we learned. If an animal, when we talk about he's setting aside an animal for a carbon, the animal has the certain requirements, certain prerequisites. Hanirba, the animal is committed bestiality. Or Hamukta, you set aside the animal for Abu or Hanab, you actually used it for Abu or Eslan, you gave it to a harlot as a present, or Michir, you swapped a, a dog for this animal. So therefore, it's, it's, it's the meaning to use such an animal um, for a carbon to Abishta. And then the Tanakhama says, so to a tumtum an animal that was a tumtum is all of these animals are considered uh, karbanas. And, and, when, and we know when it comes to a bird, the bird is different than other animals by a bird, a bird that's a carcass. He didn't shecht it correctly. So it becomes tummy by eating it. An availus oif tar. If it's a kosher bird, an avela uh, becomes tummy by eating it. Now, I was talking about you did malika. A kind does malika, they use the thumb, the long nail, and they go through the back instead of the normal thing. Now, if, if it's a carbon, that's the only way it's kosher. For any other animal, they'll make it treif. And or any other bird, if it's not a carbon, it becomes treif. So um, so what happened was you, you, um, you made over here uh, you cut it, you put a finger, so they, all of these become tamed because all of these were kabbanas and you did malika, and therefore um, they are called an avelus of tar and they become tamed. However, Abba says, tumtum vandregnis a metame gonna basically that tumtum vandregnis will not be metame at all. Why? Because you did not, because it's not um, it's not a carbon. Whenever the tater says, Zohar, which means you need a definitely the taste of an oil has to be zohar. It has to be 100% zohar, not 99% zohar, but 100%. Or it says a certain animal like an, um, a chat is in the cave. It has to be 100% on the cave. But you cannot use a tuntum adrenus at the mighty tuntum adrenus You take out a tuntum adrenus, cannot be used, cannot be used. However, an oif. But when it comes to a bird, since it does not say long cave, he had to make it to that grave name. So all these other ones, nearby muksa, they're not good kabbalists. Therefore, they're novella and uh, they're metame. But tumtum nadregnis, he says, by a bird could be used because by a bird, it doesn't say anywhere there has to be a male bird or a female bird. So by, by animals, you're right, it cannot be a tumtum nadregnis because they wants either definitely male or definitely female. But when it comes to bird, doesn't mention bird, uh, male or female. Therefore, Tumtum is can be used because they're a mixture of both, a male and a female. And therefore, when you did Malika, it's not an available soft tire. And that's not metame. What is he clear from here? That when it comes to carbon, Nadregnus is not a hundred male. Nadregnus is a suffix, male or female. So we see Rabiesha when he said, Abelazim, when he said it's, um, it's, a, it's a male only in certain respects, not in every other respect. Says the Gemara, we actually learned something similar, but when it says, Haklayim, you're not allowed to bring a carbon, an animal, which is a mixture. Um, uh, you know, he tell says, I want a cow, I want a sheep, I want a ram, but not if it's a mixture. Then the puzzle says, Kivol gave birth, but the animal was born through cesarean, you cannot bring it as a carbon. 
Klein and the trade for an animal. Obviously, that's a trade. And it has, you know, one of the different signs of trade for well, it's not kosher, let's not live the year. He ate a day from came out of and a tumtum and an adrenalinus to like Kadeshi in Vilay Mikachi. They themselves cannot become holy. Um, they don't become holy. All other animals that if they don't become holy, they become uh, uh, what do you call it? <clears throat> um, let's say you take an animal that was a nearby, an animal that was a nebid. We don't want to bring in the base of English, but they do become holy, and you have to wait then for it to contract some kind of a defect, and then you redeem it, and so on and so forth. And then even after you redeem it, a certain kedusha that you're not allowed to use it for shearing and all the work, you just go eat. But in these ones, Klaim and Trefa and Yechadefun and Tumtum and Regnish, it doesn't even come holy in the first place at all. And therefore, you don't have to redeem it waiting for a moment because it never became a Kedusha Guf. It's only Kedusha Dami, only the value of it. And therefore, when you redeem it, you can share the wool and avoid it. It does not, does not become holy. Lake Kedusha does not become holy. What do you mean that I've become holy? Let me catch you. I'm a Let me look at the become holy. But Tamura, that um, you, it doesn't become holy in the you know in the first sentence, in the first instance. Then we learned in this week's parsha that we read yesterday it, the, the idea of Tamura. If you have an, a carbon and then you say I want to swap it for another one, makes no difference. Good to bad, bad to makes no difference. We don't want you to swap the kedusha of one carbon to another carbon. And but if you did, the other carbon becomes holy, but you committed a sin. But in this case over here, if you had a, a, normal, a regular carbon, then you try to transfer the Kedusha to one of these animals here, including an Adreganist, it would not become Kaddish uh, at all. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> uh, we're going. Then the next thing I want, that will catch it. Nor, if it was holy, it cannot pass on to another one. Now, what do you mean it was holy? We just said before that Adrigans can never become holy. So it's talking about a case here where you set the mother, you, 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 an animal, you were a cow. You made it Kodesh, and then the cow became pregnant, and it had a, uh, an Adrigans in there. Um, and then, therefore, the Adrigans uh, becomes holy itself. And you then you cannot swap that Kedusha for another animal. <clears throat> Um, same with Trefa. You set aside an animal, became Trefa afterwards. If all of these defects happen afterwards, so it became Kaidish, and then after it became a defect, it remains Kaidish, and then you cannot swap it for another animal. said, interesting thing, a very interesting comment about Rebbe. Just imagine his father was a Nasi of that generation. This is his son, his prized son, who later became the next Nasi, and Numara said that you know, there was nobody like him. He redacted the Mishnais and so on. And look, he says a comment about his life. Well, now you can uh, interpret it today. I decided I want to go learn Toyota, but Abu Lazim and Shemaya was a very big time of so I wanted to study by him. His students ganged up against me. Like roosters of the house of Bukia. Rashi says Bukia from the word Boki, that his students were unbelievably sharp and they were unbelievable experts in, in, in everything in learning. And, uh, and they didn't want a new guy. They had a very strong uh, clique, and they didn't want some stranger coming in. They did not allow me to stay there to learn Torah. I only learned one thing before they chased me out. That the Mishnah Seinu, in our Mishnah, Rabbi Lezer, Rabbi Lezer says, which means that in our Mishnah, he didn't have this girsa, or Rotesiantor had other girsas, and um, and and this is what I learned from Rabbi Lazar ben Shemoya. Or he learned that from there and then he put that in the Mishnah. 
Did you, could you imagine clicks and not allowing Rebbe to come and join the class and come join the yeshiva because they, and he was a Nasi son. Pretty amazing. Hadna Lacha Arul, 